Good evening. Welcome to DeFactor Review, a weekly in-depth analysis on the news and current affairs here in Mongolia from our commentator and economist, Jargal DeFacto. Good evening. And I'm Namsredzind. Uh, we are live on MNB World's Facebook page, where you can join in on our conversation and on Twitter with, uh, with hashtag Jargal underscore DeFacto. Today on our program, Mongolia's potential inclusion in the Financial Action Task Force's grey list will be decided in October. The President of Mongolia suspends judicial power. The Mongolian Non-Profit Legal Entities Act could change the landscape for NGOs. And uh, on to our first topic. Mongolia is currently subject to the Financial Action Task Force, or FATF's, monitoring process as part of its ongoing global effort to combat money laundering and terrorism financing. Mongolia's potential inclusion in the FATF's grey list will be decided in October, 20, October 2019. Mongolia has implemented six IMF programs since joining the International Monetary Fund in 1991. Currently, Mongolia is implementing an extended arrangements with the IMF under an extended fund facility program to support a country's economic reform. However, there is now a delay in subsequent funding for the program. And uh, on to our question. What is the reason for delayed IMF funding? Well, first of all, as you said, we are the sixth time under this IMF program. Yes. You know, it gives me sometimes thought that if we have this assistance, emergency assistance from IMF six times now for the last 30 years, I think our the governance capacity of managing our economics is under question. For this time, the question was come arriving, as you said, whether they will continue or not, that yeah. sixth time yes. program. What happened was the conditions of that assistance was two things. First, to make healthier the banking system of the country. For that, they required to make asset quality report, which they did. Mongol Bank said that <clears throat> all commercial banks, some 15 of them, mm -hmm got that already the report, everything is okay. But the second condition is not to check. Uh, the first condition, I, I was talking about the, the asset report, right? Uh, according to that report, all commercial banks, uh, in particular six of them, needed to increase their uh, equity capital, which they said, yes, they did. Mongol Bank said also they did. But the second conditions of IMF was where they come, where the money come from. Does it uh, reflect the international standard? Does it reflect, does it follow all Mongolian laws, international best practices? Here we have that bottlenecks. And IMF says that if it is not done, they will not continue with the help, which is consisting of, a total help is a $5.5 billion, $500 million dollars that is coming from IMF already here, but the remaining $5 billion is the question. Uh, so <clears throat> that's the uh, possibly it can stop that IMF program. 
But uh, the, some commercial banks uh, have raised their share capital, but the, they're refusing to, you know, uh, they're refusing to uh, show their where the source came from. So why is the investigation of this capital being refused by these banks? You see, Mongolia made the the forgiveness tax tax forgiveness law. 2007 first, the second 2015 in August. Mm -hmm. According to this law, if company, whoever, reports their income that they have not paid tax, whatever income they report, they will pay tax, no questions, and the, the information will be secret, confidential. That's the Mongolian state promised, and it caused some 8,000 people, 8,000 plus people, 8,794 person and 25,000 companies, 40, 448 citizens of, uh, persons without citizenship, total three, 33 trillion Tugriks came to the economy. Mm -hmm. And it's more than the economy itself. If our total economy, per year is less than this 33 trillion Tugriks. So, so much money came to the economy, which probably all these buildings going on, everything, you know. And, <clears throat> but however, the commercial banks, equity capital, should not consist of the money, the origin of which is not clear. Mm. Because commercial banks is to be very healthy. For that, it should not be best. Uh, connect with any possible money laundering. But the few commercial banks owners refuse to uh, deliver the report where the money came from, quoting to that law of tax forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So this is very strange, uh, I mean strange, but this unfortunate situation where so much money came to the economy and that's the reason why also this FATF organization that is uh, fighting against uh, money laundering and anti-terrorism finan financing is uh, listed Mongolia into the gray list, uh, in, in the, in the, um, under the watch list now. Right. And it will discuss in July the status of Mongolia. Mm -hmm. And in November, most probably, they can, unless we by that time report all this money come from where from of other commercial banks. Mm -hmm. If not, they can have us in the gray list. What happens then? All credit cards issued by Mongolian commercial banks don't accept it anywhere else other than Mongolia. Right. First. Second, all corresponding uh, banks of Mongolian commercial banks will frozen will froze the, the will money, the, the account. Right. What does it mean? That means if we travel, we will travel, and then we need to have a cash with us, mm -hmm. and that will cause immediate, high, immediate pike in demand of dollars, mm -hmm. and it may be uh, you know, increasing the, the rate. The currency will be... That would be maybe two, three times more than current 2,500 for one dollar. Mm -hmm. So this is a really serious, dangerous danger for all Mongolian citizens just because few commercial banks, few owners are refusing to disclose the source of money that come for their uh, equity capital.
And since uh, so much is at, scale, uh, is at stake, can't the uh, government take initiative and uh, you know, maybe uh, forcefully investigate these? They, they, they should do it, as, uh, otherwise all Mongol, every Mongolians will suffer from that. And uh, government was, Mongolia was once in this gray list in 2013. Mm -hmm. But 2014, we came out because we have done some things we have promised and also with certain conditions, which we have not completely fulfilled by now after three, four years, as because no uh, corruption uh, cases got a penalty. Right. So that's a very serious case. Mongolia keeps staying in the corrupt countries list, number 98 for with 38 scores out of 200 countries. That's already a problem. It yeah. stays there. And there's a no criminal case where they got the, the people were punished. There were only two cases um, that went finally to the uh, court. Uh, they got court heavy, they got penalty. Mm -hmm. But these two, two criminal cases, which is connected with Mongolian Airlines, Miat, and civil aviation authority, three officials, they finally you know, disregarded by the Supreme Court because they found that the, the underlying courts have made, have used the related laws in the wrong way. So finally these people were released and it's like nothing had happened. Like many criminal cases related to high-ranking politicians I keep staying there, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why Mongolia is going to be uh, most probably in this uh, gray list, unfortunately, uh, unless this government really can take a substantial, serious, drastic measures immediately. Mm -hmm. Okay, on to our next topic. Mongolian President Hirbatozok issued a decree to suspend 17 judges from the Supreme Court the Ulaanbaatar court system and district courts. Some people believe that this is the beginning of a clean-up in the judicial branch, while others say it's a political play. And uh, on to our questions. What is your opinion on this, and what does the suspension of these judges mean to the public and also the government? Well, our justice system is limping, that's clear. People are not happy. Many criminal cases are disappearing slowly. Even worse, many Currently, many criminal cases related to corruption are now disregarded because the time to pursue is finished. It's absurd. And the, in many countries, corruption-related uh, criminal cases never terminated. Mm -hmm. So Mongolia is terminating. That's why we believe, and in many cases it shows, proves that we are right, that the justice system, court system, is to be completely reformed. And we hope the 17 court, uh, the judges' suspension is in that direction. Mm -hmm. Though we have one, uh, we have one cautious approach to this point, where this time this decision is made by the advice of the Security Council of Mongolia, who send uh, advice to the Supreme Court, who, has to, who, may, who is to make decisions about the suspension of the, uh, the, the judges. Right. And they said, oh, because we have a... Uh, by the way, they have made these changes 
into the law as an uh, additional conditions before there are certain cases how to uh, to suspend or the, judge, the judges, right? Mm -hmm. And they have added in March this year new clause. It can be also suspended by the advice of National Security Council, where only three members are, who is the president, speaker, and the prime minister. But so uh, these three guys are these grounds for suspension actually acceptable? Like, uh, what are they based on? Uh, yeah, these cases have a rather more facts than less, mm -hmm. uh, because seven of them is, has to do with Salhit, uh, uh, or uh, this is Salhit mining of silver in Tondukobi Aymak, where uh, a very interesting case that the, the three Mongolians had the, the license for that silver mine, mm -hmm. and one is now later approached to court because the other two had uh, forged his signature. And then have they took the, that uh, whole license right to themselves. He went to the court, and at the three-level courts, uh, they proved that this is really what had happened. So the court decisions took the license, put to that third person who mm -hmm. had sold whole company to uh, a Chinese company, the license altogether. Right. But later on, it, it, it found out that they a lot many judges at different levels were involved, they have approved the, something that had not happened. Mm -hmm. So that's why the current speaker, Zandan Shatar, went to the mine when he was the head of the cabinet, uh, the, the secretary of the cabinet, and he arrested and the, the certain persons and the state took over that license. Mm -hmm. So after these dramatic things, they have he said on the Shatar that there is a proof these people were involved in this. Uh, this uh, some court, uh, the judges were involved in this case. So that's why the seventeen, the eight, seven of them out of the seventeen are involved with this case. Others are also involved in the wrong decisions of the uh, court. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. But there, however, there is a second list of eight judges who is still to come to the National Security Council because this eight li uh, judges list was proposed by five parliament members, including Mr. Lobolt, Patzandan, the current Oyungirten, uh, mm -hmm. the five members. And they, 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 they refer to the cases of Zarig murder, mm -hmm. where they're wrong. The people were under torture, accepted their uh, uh, no. that under the, the torture they accepted the case, the right, right. claim, and it turned out it's wrong. And uh, so these eight judges are in the second tranche of judges uh, list to be uh, suspended by the president, hopefully. So all this show that still. Uh, Mongolia justice system is corrupt, we need mm. to change. But only problem is, what if this tree, this trio of National Security Council members do something similar against the judges who are doing honestly their jobs? Where is the guarantee that they will not do it against those uh, honest judges, hope they are, mm -hmm. if they are bringing the issues related to these people themselves. So that's the a public concern. Right. 
And as you said, that eight of these 17 judges are suspected for being involved in the mining project. However, a parliament uh, spokesperson has denied these uh, allegations, although it has been reported that the Independent Authority Against Corruption is investigating some of these judges. There has been no official report regarding the matter published on the IAAC website. Some of the members uh, of the public are concerned that the move is purely political and the, the pursuit of justice will eventually fade away. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, nobody is giving guarantee whether our laws will be implemented or not. If our laws are implemented, we could have, you know, be already Switzerland. So I, I, I take it 50-50. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> yes, the uh, London Shatter Office said that they, they have not quoted that this uh, seven of them were involved in this mining case. Uh, but however, the whole point is anti-corruption agency, if they are investigating some of them, they need to report to the public why they are investigating judges, because it's so important matter of interest of public that mm -hmm. we want to know why they are arresting judges under which ground, why they are not reporting to the public why they are not doing a press release. So that means still, still there are some questions with transparency of judge system, a judicial system and transparency of the anti-corruption agency. Mm -hmm. As you said, the other nine judges were, uh, because of the, uh, the, the suspects were tortured and forcefully confessed. And what will happen to these judges? What if they actually were part of this? Well, actually, it's a very serious case. If the whole judicial system made people confessed under the forceful torture, torture, forceful torture, like in 30s, we have some 30 to 40,000 um, Mongolians were killed under this repressions, uh, the scheme created by Stalin in Russia, in Mongolia, mm -hmm. we have lost 30 to 40,000 intelligent Mongolians who have also been under the torture, forced to confess that they are spies of either Japan or Germany or all, they call it imperialist right. spy. So under this terrible system, we have lost so many lives and it should not be repeated here now. So. This uh, the very case that three persons were tortured and uh, accepted, confessed that they have killed Zarek, which turned mm -hmm. out uh, wrong, which is not true, uh, which turned out not true. That's a very serious case. So now uh, the Mongolian public seriously watch all this, whatever play, whatever you call, but we seriously watch what will happen with these three persons. You know. If we had a penalty law, this capital penalty law, right? Mm -hmm. The punishment. punishment, capital punishment law, uh, then uh, these three people could be already killed. But thanks to not having that capital punishment law, these three people are always sitting in the prison, which later on we have discovered now, the current power has discovered now, has discovered now that these people are innocent. Mm -hmm. Terrible situation. So it is the time test of judicial system, strength and honesty in Mongolia. I see. And uh, on to our third topic. The State of Mongolian Civil Society Organization development is in risk uh, in terms of capacity and strength. 
Researchers have stated that the proposed law on non-profit legal entities seem to put civil society organizations at risk. Civil society is the foundation of a democratic society. So the first question is, the Non-Profit Legal Entities Act would replace the existing law on non-governmental organizations. What potential risks are, the, uh, are these laws posed? Well, you know, any laws in a democratic society should not forbid the people to do any activities which are unless forbidden by law. The same thing with it, uh, this NGO law. The uh, first law was in 1997, and now mm. they, are want, they want to make, an, in 20 years, to make another amendment to this law, citing that, for example, they need to make clear which is the non-profit or non-profit or non-government organizations, and what they can do, what they cannot do, etc. That's the uh, that's the new provisions of that law says. Also, <clears throat> they want to make clear the financing of the NGOs. So just under these two circumstances, they can do so many things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what kind of, uh, for example, risks we face is a civic society. As you said, civic society is a part and parcel of democracy. Right. And we have 20 plus thousand registered NGOs, out of which just eight and a half thousand of them are working actively. And 30% of them are mostly working on <clears throat> watching the government actions, mm -hmm. whether it's transparent, tender is going on, is tender organized, transparent way, etc. And the very, very substantial function of democracy that keeps under the control, under the check and balance, the state. And now under this uh, new law, they come and they say, there are religious organizations, there are uh, organizations under the NGO status, uh, which is working under the political party. Political mm -hmm. party, women's wing, youth wing, all their political works. But it, they have under non uh, term the non governmental status, right? And um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it's okay they make a difference, but this mostly the registration function of the state, not to under the name to attack all other NGOs. Mm -hmm. So, because you see, we worried because under exactly the same cause in Hungary, in Poland, in Russia, they limited this voice of civic society, in particular about financing, for example. Mm -hmm. It turned out 70 plus percent of Mongolian NGOs are financed by international organizations, <clears throat> charity organizations, which is normal case in all around the world in democracy. And as soon as they don't violate the country's law, it's up to them to to, to speak out what they, are, what they have concerns. Mm -hmm. As soon as it's, it is violating somebody's other interest, that's another issue. And uh, the other thing, in Mongolia, NGOs are not financed by the government or Mongol government, but only particular projects announced by the uh, government. NGOs are competing for mm -hmm. tender and some 20% of NGOs' income are financed in that way. 
but however <coughs> excessive uh, presence of the state government in non-government organizations is danger, mm -hmm. whether it is to the name under the name of financing, helping, whatever. But uh, of course, we understand that NGOs to be uh, transparent. They need to report financial report and then activity reports. That's normal. But under the name, not particular need to change these the the current law, uh, current valid law. Mm -hmm. <coughs> So what could happen if the lawmakers approved this bill without uh, considering any of these risks that could pose? That most probably is going to happen if they discuss it. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, uh, fortunately, they have not yet started to discuss. But by fall, they could do it because um, they find it's a threat. Uh, unfortunately, also many government people state members of the parliaments are in charge of non-governmental organizations. It's like a wrestling association, the head is the Mr. Batirdin, etc., etc. So that, that's, uh, we need to make that difference clear. And also to, we need to make a disclose of, of all owners of NGOs. And uh, the government, surely the state people are not surely, surely not participating in NGOs. Otherwise, it is an interesting mixture. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that's why Mongolian public is very seriously with full attention watching what's happening with this law. That's why uh, last week, last two weeks in a row, many NGOs get together, got together and discussed the possible risks that I have, some of them I have just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So in other countries, some of the NGOs are funded by the government to, for, for, uh, but uh, there are, as you said, very limited amount of NGOs that are funded by the government, which only works for the project. So why can't the uh, Mongolian government fund the NGOs that actually uh, does um, civil works and uh, other such related um. programs? Sounds good. It is fine if they finance some particular but organize NGOs. But uh, with this money, they should not bring their control, the, the, the directions mm -hmm. of the NGOs. So that's a very delicate balance we should watch, in particular uh, the civic, organ civic society itself. So, but the development of the civic society is the base of sound, solid democracy. Mongolia, that's the difference that we have compared with our neighbors, the other, some former socialist countries. So we need to continue to develop our civic society and uh, through which Mongolia, Mongolian citizens, public watches the government. Mm. In particular now when we have a lot of corruption, uh, when we have full dependence on mining, licenses are somehow closed to those who, who has power now. And a lot of state-owned companies are being created in particular mining sector. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to also make IPO. And under all these things, we need more serious, continuous, uh, scrupulous um, watching of public, civic, public, public for this kind of activities. I see. So, 
there is actually one more thing I would like to ask from the first topic, which yes, is okay. about the uh, financial uh, FATF's grade list. IMF the representatives uh, of the IMF, uh, led by the Mr. Jeff Gottlieb, issued a statement about Mongolia's economy. And he said that Mongolia, uh, Mongolian buffers are still not sufficient to cope with the external shocks, the large shocks. True. How can the Mongolian gov uh, government uh, strengthen this buffer? Very simple. Fight corruptions, punish those who is corrupt, get our money back, started from the land of Ulaanbaatar, which is in the, in the Bogd Mountains, mm -hmm. in each valley, all corruption houses. If they have sold this land under certain tender, with that money we could make uh, thousands of families with normal sanitations. So stop stealing our property. Full stop. That's it. That's the buffer. Second, make from the mining revenue uh, conditions that helps the economy diversify. Very simple. And unfortunately, they don't do it. That's why you and me, because it's a democratic country, we speak out where's mm -hmm. the problems. As soon as we discuss the problems, we have this freedom of discussions, then we have our energy to solve it. And it's our problem, and it should be solved by Mongolians with active civic society. Wow, I see. Thank you. Well, that is all the time we have for today. We will see you next week for more topic. Thanks for watching De Facto Review on MNB World. Thank you very much. See we'll you next see you week. next week.